Today on episode 449 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we are joined by Anthony and Samantha Stolworthy, the owners of Wasatch Milk. We got to talk to them about how they met, how they got into the milk delivery business, and how to become a customer and receive locally sourced food straight to your door. I was so excited to bring these two on the podcast. Such a great story and so different than really anybody that we've chatted with on this podcast before we get into the conversation, though, Chrissy, we should probably introduce ourselves. Let, it, let everybody know who we are. Uh, we're the hosts of the show. My name is Chris Hollifield. And my name is Chrissy Hollifield. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you're asking, what am I in for? What is this podcast all about? Well, Chrissy and I, we're talking to people here in Salt Lake City, Utah. All the awesome people. We're talking to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. So hopefully you stick around if this is your first time here. Also, I want to mention years ago, we had a voicemail line. I don't think we've ever had it since you've been on the show, Chrissy. Mm, A little bit. It's kind of been off and on. Yeah. Anyway, I want to get it going again because I would love to hear from everybody. So I established a new voicemail number. It's 801 613-1592. Again, it's 801-613-1592. Text or call with your thoughts about this episode or any episode of I Am Salt Lake podcast that you've listened to. We would love to hear from you. You know, thoughts, feelings, violent reactions. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, so Lucy, we have a little three-year-old now. Oh my gosh. She turned into like a a 20-year-old overnight. Yeah. We no longer have a two-year-old. We have a 20-year-old. But uh, yeah, so Lucy turned three years old this past <laughs> Thursday. I She was actually like super cool. I thought maybe she would get a little bit too excited. <laughs> you know how kids get like too excited and you can never calm them down and they want to have a birthday every yeah. day? She didn't do that. It was but, so impressive. But it was cool. She got excited with all the balloons and decorations and, and all of that and all the fiestas. And, it was and so fun. Festi- festivities, I festivities. guess. Festivities. The kids I just had say, a party. So, yeah. It was great. Hey guys, we know you know that it's really important to support local companies, especially right now. So lucky for you, we have a list of awesome local businesses at supportsaltlake.com. These guys are awesome businesses who support our podcast, and we love them. We have some great supporters, including Hugo Coffee Roasters, Elevation Chiropractic, Woodland Advisors, and so many more. The entire list of supporters is at supportsaltlake.com. Go check it out and maybe there's a company that you need to contact and get in touch with and we're happy to set you up. All right. Here's that conversation that we had with Anthony and Samantha from Wasatch Milk. What a great couple. What a great story. I'm excited to uh, play that here for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the conversation. You guys, where where did the both of you guys grow up? Did you grow up here in Utah? Where's home for you both? Uh, I actually grew up uh, in Idle Falls area, so I went to a little a little school there in a town called Shelley, population about thirty five hundred, and uh, we uh, had always grown up having milk delivered by Reed's Dairy from Idaho Falls, which is about seven miles north of there, and uh, just always had fresh milk delivered, bread, eggs, and never really knew Reed's Dairy or the owner, Alan Reed, personally, but I went over to Boise to go to Boise State University, and school's expensive, so I need a bit of a summer job, so I got thinking about brainstorming things to do, selling ice cream, selling snow cones, getting a job somewhere, and I've always liked working for myself, so I uh, got the idea one day to start a milk delivery route in Boise, so I threw out some postcards in the mail, little cow-colored postcards to some nice areas in Boise, and said, hey, you guys interested in getting milk delivery? And the response I got was phenomenal. 
So I had a bunch of customers that want a milk delivery, but I had no milk to deliver. So I started thinking about it. I thought about Reed's Dairy, how they produce great milk. I uh, went down and met with Alan Reed and talked to him for the first time, uh, the owner of Reed's Dairy. And he, uh, he said he'd love to sell me milk. So the next big logistical process was moving milk uh, 250 miles each week, each way. So went and bought a truck and started just delivering and started with 40 customers in Boise, uh, probably like 2004. And by the time I sold the Boise Milk, the company, to Alan Reed in 2016, we had about 2,500 weekly customers. Wow. So that's kind of my origins of how I got this business. So 2004, you saw a need for milk delivery. I mean, it's it seems... When was milk delivery really popular? Was that like the 50s? Was that the 50s that it was like a really prominent? 50s and 60s. It definitely went away. It was was really popular back before refrigeration was a thing because you got to keep your milk cold. So they have to deliver it on a regular basis or else, you know, your milk will go bad after two or three days. So 1950s, 1960s. I mean, there's companies that have always survived since then. Like, like for example, Reed's Dairy in Idle Falls. You know, it's a small town. Idle Falls only has... I want to say 60, 70,000 people in the whole area. But like, for example, Reed's Dairy just made such a high quality milk, high quality cheese, high quality products that people uh, people can appreciate the convenience and the value of a uh, home delivery up there. So he's yeah. been going every week solid since the 1960s. Well, I mean, like Winter Dairy was in the Valley for a hundred years too. Yeah, Winter to Dairy. Us. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's, it's been in Salt Lake up until recently. So is Winter Dairy still around? Are they still around or no? Um, they are still around in the stores. They okay. sell their, their milk in the stores, but they shut down all their home delivery routes. So okay. And that's, that's that what I was wondering if, if you were kind of competing with that at all. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know. I was like, well, no, I don't want to. No, not in the home delivery market. I've always kind of liked Salt Lake. I mean, living in Isle Falls, we come down here, not every weekend, but at least once a month for a weekend. It was kind of like, let's go to Lagoon. Let's go shopping. They got some big city happenings down there, you know, so. We'd head down this way. So I've always had an affinity for uh, for the Salt Lake Valley. And it was just a coincidence. I mean, I can get into the details of how I actually got here. Um, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear how it happened. Yeah. So let, let me let Samantha, you know, is she, where are you from, Samantha? Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah where is where's Samantha oh, from? Oh, she's here too. <laughs> You're so I'm patient. Like the least, I'm the least interesting person in this equation. No. I did oh. not come from a milk background whatsoever. (laughs) Um, I'm actually originally from Southern California and um, milk wasn't even in my purview until I met this guy. (laughs) But you have some amazing background. Yeah, I've just, I've kind of been with a a floundering jack of all trades, so to speak. Um, I grew up in Southern California and in Arizona Um, Went to school in Arizona for a time and got the bulk of my very extenuous educational start. And I basically started out in my first career. I'm going to call it my first career um, as a chef, specifically a pastry chef um, for about 10 years, uh, at which point I kind of had that chef burnout and my, my best agricultural experience was probably the, the time I lived in Africa working for the Peace Corps. I um, worked with a lot of farmers there. No, but no big deal. I mean, who, everybody does that, right? <laughs> that's yeah, that's I so mean, cool. Everybody, wants, everybody just moves to 
Africa to work with people in the middle of nowhere. That That's just what happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then I, after that, I ended up in Washington, back in Washington State in Spokane, finishing up my master's degree when I met him because he was just coming out of Boise and he was starting up in the Spokane area and we just kind of stumbled upon each other. Yep. One and a half years later, we're married. Now we're married. Yep. And she's That's a co-owner so cool. of a milk delivery business, which is every every child's dream growing up, right? Yeah, that was that was definitely my fourth career coming, I yeah. guess. It's actually so cool, though. It's like, who thinks that they're going to yeah. grow up and do that? That's awesome, you know? Where are you from in California, Samantha? Uh, Los Angeles. Okay, uh, okay. Lo- like southern Los Angeles area. Okay, because I grew up in Ventura, so that's why always my ears perk up when, when I hear a Southern California person. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they're from my old stomping grounds. So, my uh, I have some good friends that live in Ventura and around the Ventura County area. <laughs> okay, right on. So, what brought what made you decide to bring this business to Salt Lake City then from Boise, or are you still in Boise? Are you in both locations, or or is it just in in Salt Lake City area now? No, no. I, I actually sold the Boise location to uh, Reed's Dairy uh, about three or four years ago. They're in Idaho Falls and they were looking to expand. And I was I, I was kind of getting a little I love Boise, but I was getting a little, I don't know, burned out for a little bit. So it happened to work out. You know, I, I actually I did the opposite of what every other dairy farmer does. Most every dairy farmer I know, they have the cows, then they get the bottling plant. And then they start home delivery. I actually went the opposite way. I started the home delivery and then I bought a bottling plant. And uh, actually I never, I've never owned cows. It's one thing I do want to do one day is own cows. But I mean, for the last few years when winter was still going, I thought, you know, there's, there's an opportunity for some competition. I mean, competition breeds innovation. I looked at some of the things that, that winter was doing and I thought, you know, I would do things a little different. Um, They've always had great products, um, but you know, we don't have any contracts or commitments. Um, our prices, you know, anybody that's had winter delivered in the past to their homes will notice our prices are quite a substantial amount lower. But the reason how I actually got Salt Lake is I was actually back in Pennsylvania um, working with a few dairies back there. And that's where I my got a dairy farm is. Oh, Sorry. Part of I got really excited. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It's I think uh, I can't remember the name. Millbury. It's Middlebury Co-op. He runs a co-op. Co-op. Okay. Yeah. We were, yeah. we were living uh, right outside Lancaster in uh, Mannheim. So right, okay. right in Amish country. We look, it was, it was a nice place to live for about a year, but out of the blue, I got a call from uh, Tim and Dane, or I should say Tim at Rose Hill, who's has a dairy operation up in Logan. Uh, they've been bottled milk up there for about 30 years. I'd always worked with them a lot in the past when I had Boise milk, like if we had machinery problems, we'd get milk from them. If we needed some uh, extra bottles, they'd have them just always bouncing ideas back and forth because they were down here competing against Winter Farms. And uh, he gave me a call out of the blue and he said, hey, did you hear Winter Farms shut down? And I I had no idea. I mean, they've been shut down for six months and I had no idea because I was that far, far removed from the market. And he's like, you know, always enjoyed working with you. We're just too busy up here because they run uh, from North Salt Lake uh, all the way up. They, they deliver from North Salt Lake all the way up to, uh, I think, Tremont. And they said, you know, Salt Lakes has no home delivery service right now. We'd love to do it. We're just too busy. You know, we'd love to sell you milk and you can deliver it down in the valley. So we were, we talked about three or four phone calls, sent back and forth emails, figured out something that worked for both of us. And 
about two months later, I'm back here in Salt Lake. That's awesome. So you you weren't even living here yet, and you were putting this together, it sounds yeah. like. It sounds like there was a need, and no, yeah. you were the one person yeah. to come along and, and fill the role. Yeah, well, they saw what I'd done in Boise, and, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work, and it's also, you know, I've already, I'm not reinventing the wheel from the ground up. I take what I learned in Boise, I take what I learned in Spokane, and I kind of see what worked the best, what made customers the most happy, you know, and kind of adapted to here. So this is actually my third go around. So there's there's a little bit of a learning curve, but I've kind of kind of figured out a lot of the ins and outs, so to speak. So it's been kinda a lot like more back fluid on the bike. here. With, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we delivered about 800 homes a week right now. Um, back in April, we started out with 40 deliveries a week, and I could have never managed that kind of growth if I didn't have the experience. But since I have that previous experience, I've been able to scale up a lot quicker. I mean, we've already changed warehouses three times and coolers three times. Uh, started out with like a little tiny cooler, outgrew it, started a bigger cooler, outgrew it. Now we're in our new cooler, which should be pretty good for quite a while. Talk about this, uh, the bottling plant. You said you bought a bottling plant, but no cows. So how does that work? Like you must, so you buy the milk from from a farmer and then you bring it to your bottling plant. Is that how Correct. That works, was back or? when I had Boise milk. So back when I had Boise milk, um, we had a contract. We bought the, there's, I actually bought the plant from a company called Stoker's Dairy. And they had been run for about, they've been in business for about 50 years and they ran into financial hardship. So they called me and said, hey, we're shutting down, you know, and I said, well, I'd rather not have you shut down. So I worked with with the the with them and some of their creditors and we were able to reach a deal where if I helped paid off a portion of the debt, I could take over the plant. So I took over the plant from there. Wow. Yeah. So, so is that is that kind of still how you operate then? You, you just have the bottling plant and then you get your milk from an outside source then? Uh, no, that's what I did in Boise. Here, I, I, I basically, I just buy milk from Rose Hill and take it down from Logan and bring it down here and sell it. I so can. I'm more of a distributor right now. Yeah, and our interest lies, um, I, I did enjoy deliver, or bottling milk and having a milk, uh, milk plant, but our interest now is more in just providing the best products to customers and maybe eventually expanding into some areas of production that wouldn't be milk related because Rose Hill does a great job by us. And, you know, we got great products from them. So we're more interested in maybe doing some other type of products for home delivery. So do you currently do anything besides milk or is it just milk? Uh, we have about 100 products. Every single one of our products is local. Um, I mean, for one thing, Rose Hill does cheese. They do orange juice, sour cream. Uh, we also sell any kind like butter, buttermilk. Um, we have we have uh, about five different types of breads right now. Mm-hmm. We sell eggs. We sell meat. We sell granola. We sell bagels. We sell savory and sweet pies. We sell a lot family of family meals. We sell so many pies. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I see a lot of familiar things on your website, like people that we've seen at farmers markets and stuff, and that's really cool. So like. How how does this work? If somebody wants to sign up and get stuff delivered from you guys, what's the process for them? Super easy. All you have to do is go online. Uh, you click the sign up now form. You fill out your information. Um, we get that information. We put you on a route. And typically within 24 hours, uh, as long as our inventories are good, we can get you out milk to your house. That quick. That's so cool. Milk and pies. I was curious how many employees you had, if you if it was just the two of you or if it was a bunch. Uh, it's just the two of us in the office. We handle all customer service. Um, we're probably good to handle all customer service ourselves, I'd say, for probably about another thousand customers. Um, yeah. We do have three delivery drivers. 
So our delivery drivers, they come in about 10.30 p.m. at night, start loading their trucks. They're on the road by about midnight, and they're delivering between midnight and 8 a.m. So they usually deliver about 100 deliveries a night each, four days a week. So so back to the delivery. I had a few more questions about this delivery process just for our listeners, because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have never heard of you, you guys and familiar with what you do and how it works, uh, including myself. So I mean, how, how many times a week would you deliver to, to a person just once a week or could you do it multiple times a week or how does that work? So we deliver once a week to houses. We don't currently have the logistics, nor is it, he tried it in Boise, but it wasn't really like logistically feasible to do a like bi-weekly delivery. We do have the option where you can customize your delivery. And if you don't drink that much milk, You can have every other week delivery. You know, we keep things pretty customer centric, so to speak. You know, we try to make our customers happy. We have a 100% customer satisfaction guarantee that we stand behind. And essentially how it works is if you're on our Thursday route, every Thursday will show up for delivery unless you put a, you know, vacation hold or something on your account. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been, one thing I've been surprised about, um, I mean, well, the milk industry is generally milk consumption is going down in general. Mm-hmm. We have a surprising amount of customers that get weekly delivery and they don't get any kind of dairy products from us. So, you know, dairy products are only about 30 percent of what we sell. I mean, we have people that just get bagels. We have people that just get salsa. We have people that get, you know, about five or six things they might get uh, that aren't even dairy related. So while we are Wasatch milk, we do uh, we do sell just a lot more that we sell a lot more than milk. You're like a farmer's market on wheels. Yeah, that's what we kind of do. All the vendors that I've connected with, that we work with, um, I'm proud to say that you can't find them in the store. Um, I would say, generally speaking, about 98% of our products are unattainable in like a basic brick and mortar store, or you have to go to like a weekly farmer's market, which as many people know, especially in this area, when it gets really cold, is very seasonal. But, you mm-hmm. know, we're every, you know, every week, every month, all year long. <laughs> and a lot of the times where we find our vendors is we actually just go on the ground to the farmer's markets. Oh, and that's kind of how you source things? Yeah. Every other Saturday, we're down at a farmer's market, kind of looking, talking to people, seeing what they have to offer. I mean, we went to the farmer's market last Saturday. And we've been looking for a, a good source for totally pasture raised local eggs. That's been one of our, one of our biggest customer, you know, we sell fine eggs from uh, Oakdale, but we're looking for is a small farm where the hens can run around, where you get those really vibrant orange yolks. And we actually found a really good outfit up in Vernal we're going to be working with. Now, the problem is they're so, they're a little smaller, so they're going to, they're going to start increasing their production for next spring. So we're excited to announce next spring, we're going to have like totally free range, open, uh, open sky uh, eggs. From yeah, from happy hands. They're also working on putting us together a program to get us non-frozen, totally grass-fed, pasture-raised turkeys for next uh, the next 2021 holiday season. Yeah, we also work with a lot of local farmers. I mean, in this case, you know, the farmer's making a good living, but we just both saw an opportunity. They wanted to expand. Their son had just came home and wanted to be part of the fun farming operation. So it worked out, you know, with the added, uh, added sales of eggs, uh, their son can now work on the farm. So we like to work with any farmers and uh, try to uh, meet their needs, meet our needs, get our customers great products. So that's that's what I enjoy the most about this business. When you can, you know, when both parties can put in the work 
and create a demand for a product that wasn't there. And it helps uh, support a local farm. What I was going to bring up, though, too, is we have a lot of listeners that have their own food businesses. So I'm trying to connect them with you guys. I'm wondering, what's the best way to do that? Like, let, I mean, we, we chat with a lot of local businesses that mm -hmm. make their own foods, make their own products that would be perfect for you guys. How does that work for them to reach out to you? Do they send you guys samples or what? So typically how we do it, so I'm in charge of most of the vendor relationships. Um, that's probably a good chunk of my job trying to build up the products that customers want. And a lot of times the vendors that we get, you know, other than just the groundwork that we do at farmers markets are vendors that, you know, our customers are asking for. Um, Morgan Valley Lamb, for instance, is a vendor that we're working on bringing on they do grass-fed lamb and they also have an outfit of grass-fed beef that we were highly recommended from several of our, you know, our current customers that we have. And they're just like, this is what we want. And we're like, cool, <laughs> send them off our way. And we'll, you know, we're happy to review any and all businesses that, you know, want a potential partnership. And all they basically have to do is send us an email, our service at wasatchmilk.com email and we're happy to see what products they offer, if it's something that would easily fit into our deliveries. Um, you know, there are a few logistical considerations with products that are harder to deliver and vice versa, since we do deliver overnight. But generally speaking, if a business reaches out to us, we're more than happy to like see if it'll work, see if the pricing works. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, with pricing, generally, if you look at our products, I mean, you, you can find products for less money for sure. But we try to always be what you would at least see at a grocery store, like a local grocery store, you know, for high quality products. So when we carry a product, first of all, we look at the quality of it and we make sure. Well, first of all, we look if it's local or not. If it's not local, we won't carry it. So we look at the we make sure it's local and then we look at the quality. Um, generally, our customers are not necessarily price sensitive. They're not looking for, you know, the absolute lowest price on a product, but they are very value oriented. So, you know, when we when we price a product, it's got to be it's got to be a good value for the customer. We've had a few products we've carried where the price was a little too high and people didn't see the value in it. So we've kind of adapted. But if I could put a shout out to anybody right now, vendors we're looking for, um, I, I think there's a big demand right now for like pre-made uh, kind of heat and, and prepare meals. So oh, yeah. we're kind of keeping an eye out for any restaurant, you know, they they need to be packaged so we could deliver them and they'd stay well enough that they'd be cooked, you know, two or three days later. But uh, I just think a lot of families, you know, with restaurants closed and uh, people on the go still, people working, they still have a big demand for like a pre-made, easy heat and serve kind of meal. So, yeah, I imagine you probably have a quite a substantial restaurant clientele that listen to your a base. So they're welcome to reach out to us and uh, we can we can see if they work, if they'll work. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I know there's some companies that specifically just do that, but. I don't know if they have delivery options, so we should figure out like how to connect, how to connect everybody. everybody. That would be cool. Oh, I was going to say, we don't charge any extra delivery fees. I mean, it's just they sell us the product at a set price, and then we take a small markup and deliver it. So it's basically just a really easy transaction for them. They just invoice us for the amount they delivered, and we, we pay bills every Friday, so it's a pretty quick payment too. So. Hey, we don't have any sponsors for this episode, but I just wanted to take a couple of minutes and tell you about a podcast class that I'm going to be teaching starting the end of October. And I figured this was the perfect moment to tell you all about it. 
because this is the uh, perfect course for you if you've ever wanted to start a podcast. So what I've done is I've created this course to show the beginner podcaster everything that they'll need to record, they'll need to edit, publish, and grow their very own podcast. You're going to want to join us to learn the entire process of creating a podcast from idea to launch. You're going to learn how to choose subject matter, what equipment you need to create a quality podcast, how to record, how to edit, how to find sponsors, and how to publish your podcast to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, and all the other audio outlets. Now you don't have to piece together all the information off the internet. You don't have to throw all the money into uh, outdated podcasting books or wasting money on the wrong podcast equipment. Somebody like myself, I know it because I've spent a lot of unneeded money on podcast equipment that I could have uh, easily avoided if I figured out the right people to listen to. So if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, this is the class for you. You're going to want to be part of this. This is a class that's hosted by the University of Utah, part of the Lifelong Learning Series, but you do not need to be a student of the University of Utah to uh, take this class. Everybody is invited. So what you're going to want to do is type in imsaltlake.com slash podcast class, type that into your web browser. It's going to forward you over to the Lifelong Learning Center uh, website where you can register for the class. Let me tell you what, the, the price of this class is unbelievable. They, they priced it way too cheap. So if you've ever wanted to learn podcasting, now is the time to do it because it's, you're not, you're not going to see a price this cheap if I do classes in the future. So again, type in IamSaltLake.com slash podcast class into your web browser. Sign up for this podcast class. It's going to be four weeks, starts the end of October, goes uh, the end of October, and then like the first three weeks in November. I want to see you in the class. Let me know you're a listener of the podcast if you take the class, and uh, we'll see you at the end of October. Thanks, guys. You were mentioning, uh, you know, kind of how, you know, restaurants are closed, you know, for this idea, like for a place to contact you and, and uh, you know, but people are still on the go, blah, blah, blah. So it made me think we're talking to a lot of businesses that have got affected recently by COVID, whether that's something shutting down or them losing business or just some something else they've noticed. Have you guys noticed any kind of difference with COVID? Has that affected your business at all? Any complications? Complications. There's, there's been a few, I mean, added precautions, you know, we got to make sure our drivers are sanitizing. They don't come with a fever. It's just a coincidence that we happen to start. Um, we were actually planning on starting in April back in, uh, in November of last year. So it's a, it's a random coincidence that COVID hit at the same time. Um, it's actually helped us to a certain extent because there were a lot of people that didn't want to go to the grocery store, and mm-hmm. it helped bump us up pretty quick because we got a lot of people like, man, this is such a great service. I don't want to go to the grocery store, you know, but but the, when the other shoe drops for that, you know, when things kind of return back to normal, which they are a little bit more every day, I believe. I mean, it's going to be the thing is, are we going to lose some of those customers because they want to go back to the grocery store? You know, our service is great. Our, our products are great. But there's a lot of com- I mean, there's grocery stores in every corner we're competing against. So, right. you know, but the, thing I, that's I, really the other cool. two might drop. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to build that stable of high quality products so they have more of a reason. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, you guys really are an amazing thing for people like Chris and I, who we haven't been able to get out as much, obviously. And we used to go to the farmer's market every week in the summer. And, you know, this year has been a lot harder. We haven't even made it once. And so we really miss the the custom, you know, locally sourced food, but we haven't been able to get there. And 
like you are perfect. You're the perfect opportunity to like bring us the stuff that we really want. You can't even get at a grocery store. So I feel like you're you're not even competing that much, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to say that in terms of like the vendor relationships that we're building um, that we've already built, the nice thing is, you know, compared to like your traditional deliveries with your traditional stores, like a Harmon's or something, we are 100% local and we're those, you know, products that if you want to get really good Gosner cheese, unless you want to make the huff up to Logan, <laughs> it, yeah, it's really, you know, you can't really find it anywhere. Or like, you know, we just partnered with the Bagel Den down in Heber City. And if you want a good New York style bagel, other than flying to New York or, you know, making the trek all the way down to Heber City, just get them from us. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I we we really pride ourselves on the local, the value, and the convenience, um, and being able to pass that on to other people in the area. That you know, some of these products they may never have heard of, and you're supporting local business, but through us, you're supporting other local business. So it's just kind of like everyone's helping out each other. Yeah. How do you guys prevent theft? I mean, that that's the first thing that pops into my head too. Is like. If you're dropping stuff on people's doorstep at like two in the morning, I mean, they're probably sleeping. And so that, that food's going to sit there for a little while. Who's to say somebody might not steal it? It has happened. I think so far we've had three deliveries unaccounted for out of, I'd say about the, what, 15, 20,000 we made. Yeah. So what we do is, uh, you know, it, it does, it does happen, but. When it does happen, we usually generally advise the, the customers to put the cooler like on their back porch and we can deliver to the back porch or, you know, sometimes they just do need to cancel service and other times they just come grab a little bit quicker. So, oh, so they set a cooler out. Yeah, it's in a, yeah, it's in a cooler or we, we sell milk boxes, little metal milk boxes. We put the products in, we leave it up to the customer what they want to do. Okay. Yeah, it's not too big of an issue, but it does happen very seldomly from time to time. And then. You know, we help the customer, we deliver, we will, we'll re-deliver the products to the customers so they can have their order. And then, you know, it's kind of up to the customer what they want to do from there. And, and that's kind of what I was curious. Uh, I mean, it's probably a given that you guys take requests of like places. When you mentioned, you know, you could uh, leave it in the backyard or something like that. I mean, obviously there's special requests if there's a more discreet place to leave it or, or whatnot. And then the coolers. Okay. That's, I didn't know if you guys had coolers or not. So that's yeah, good to know yeah. you guys do that. There's a lot of aspects you have to think about when delivering. Yeah, we have little metal milk boxes people can order, um, or they're welcome to set out their own cooler, and we'll put all their products in the cooler. It helps maintain the temperature, especially during the summer and in the winter. So, I mean, the winter, the milk can freeze, so keeps the products yeah. about the right temp. Yeah, we live, we even deliver all the way out to Park City, and we have people that, you know, they have to, they give us notes to move their cooler into X location because of animals. So yeah, that's a oh, bigger problem. Bread gets eaten by animals. Yeah. yeah, I can see that being a problem. What is your delivery area? You mentioned Park City. How far south? How far north? How far west? Uh, we go from North Salt Lake down to Bluffsdale, so basically the whole corridor, and then we go from Magna up to Park City, and then we are actually looking at expanding into Tuella and also potentially Heber City. But at that this time, we're just taking uh, we're building a list of people that want to sign up. Once we hit a magic number on our end, we'll we'll start delivering there. Yeah, if, if you have listeners that 
are in those areas, just have them sign up. How it basically works is we keep a list. So once you sign up, you're on a wait list. And then once we have our required number of customers to logistically deliver there, um, then we, within a week, would send out an email saying, hey, we're ready to go. If you're still interested in delivery, we can keep your account activated and you'll start getting delivery on this day. And there's like, for anyone who's curious, they can go to your website and you have actually a map of the delivery area and uh, an FAQ with the delivery process and how it works. And it's really well plotted out for people. So I'd say go check out the website. Samantha's our web developer here. So she did that. And (laughs) yeah, depending on what area you're in determines your delivery morning and we deliver by 8am. So for example, Tuesday's Park City, Wednesday's North Salt Lake, Thursday's kind of Murray area. Friday, we're down by Harriman down in uh, the southern part of the valley. What do you guys know now that you wished you would have known when you started all this? I think that'd be more Samantha's question because I already knew a lot about what was going to happen when we did this. So she's kind of newer to it. I've been doing this for 15 years. So I, I'm, I'm about where I expected to be. What would I have known now? Yeah. Like, like what do you know? What, what is something what you're like, you gosh, learn? I wish I would have known this when I started. It would have made the whole thing easier. How hard it is to work with your spouse. Oh my God. There you go. I'm curious. How does it, how is that working out? (laughs) The struggle is real. (laughs) Oh, it's real. It's so real. Um, You know, it's different because we come from two totally different backgrounds. Like he knows the milk business, but my background is in business. And so like my marketing and media background and all of that is a little bit different than his original strategy that he had in Boise. And I think just learning to adapt to the times has been, you know, something that I push pretty hard for and that he sometimes lets me have. (laughs) (laughs) So that must be hard, though, because you kind of have this baby. This is exactly what happened with Chris and I, like. Uh, Chris had been doing this podcast for four years and then I came along and I'm like pushing and trying to do this and stick this in here. And it, and it's really a challenging thing to start sharing creative processes when you've already established something, too. Yeah, no, I've had to definitely try to loosen up sometimes successfully, sometimes not, because I have a very set vision based on my past experience. And right. I've, I've had to step back a few times and appreciate Samantha's what Samantha can bring to the table and accept some of her changes, which are generally for the better. So, you know, it's it's a it's a strange dynamic. It's been there's been a few heated moments, but overall, you know, I think we're both pretty level headed. We can come to an agreement, you know, over time. Oh yeah. And if you don't have those heated agreements, you're not getting to the right conclusion in the end, I think. Yeah. 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 It, it, we we can bury the hatchet relatively quick. So I think it's it's always it's always a stressful thing working with a spouse, but you know, I think we're managing and every day we just try to get a little bit better and try to be more understanding and kind of get on the same page. And, you know, it's it's a struggle. What's your long term vision with Wasatch Milk here? Like like where do you see this in the next three to five years? Uh, three to five years. You know, what do you see? Samantha? In three to five years, um, I'd like to be at about 10,000 customers. It'd be nice to be down in Heber, maybe south more of the Southern corridor, like by American fork, um, taking over the, you know, Tuella Stansbury park area and just kind of just keep growing. 
densifying, getting to, you know, instead of just having one house in a neighborhood, have like 50 houses in a neighborhood would be really nice. Yeah, back when I was in Boise, we had a lot more density. So it was not uncommon for us to park a truck and deliver to two or even three houses without even moving the truck, like literally next door neighbors and across the street. So that's been our biggest struggle because with the milk delivery business, it's all about density. So, you know, it only takes two or three minutes to pull an order. But if you're driving five or six minutes between stops, you can't deliver as many stops in a night. If you're driving an average of two or three minutes a stop, all of a sudden you're delivering twice as much product. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to see us carrying a few more hundred uh, types, not hundred types, but like a few more, few hundred more local products that people really like is another thing I'd like to see us doing. So, you know, kind of expanding into more areas, you know, we're going to get a little bit bigger into the meat category, um, specialty baked breads like baguettes. Uh, we, we have some plans there. Also produce, you know, local produce uh, when we can find some good vendors when it's in season. So we, we definitely have a lot of ideas we're working on, and it's just taking a little bit of time to implement. And implement. Another part is if you don't have the customers, you know, for produce, you need a lot of customers because produce is very fickle. You know, you can yeah. have a great orange one day, and the next day all of a sudden it's not good. So you have to have good rotation, good uh, good quantity in order to keep your produce fresh. So that's one of the things we're working for in the near term. Just keep plugging away. I mean, it sounds like you've uh, done done good for even the short amount of time that you've been doing it here in the in the Salt Lake area. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, hopefully, even chit chit chatting today will bring a few new customers on, a few new listeners that that will want their milk or, or bread or whatnot delivered uh, to their homes from you guys. Let's switch directions to Salt Lake City. We have a few st- standard Salt Lake City related questions we ask on every show here. Of course, we got to ask you guys. We have family and friends that visit the area, right? They come visit us. They 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 are like, hey, show us around, show us some of your favorite spots. Maybe it's a hike, the Great Salt Lake, a library, the downtown. I don't know where it is. I All don't know good if, ideas. I don't know if you have one or two <laughs> favorite places to take people when they come to town. I would say probably Donut Falls is up there. I kind of like that. That's hike a good hike. There, Donut Falls. That was a good hike. I mean, we have one watering hole that we tend to go to. I would say I don't know much about. I don't know much about the Salt Lake area. I always end up in Park City. <laughs> no, we, we go up to Park City every once in a while. I mean, my dad lives up uh, up in Park City, so we visit him. Um, he's actually got a birthday coming up in a couple days, so we're going to go up there and give him a cake and have a little birthday party. Lagoon's always a good sh- good place if you have kids. Um, you know, things are a little bit different with COVID. I mean, it's kind of hard to recommend some things or, you know, you got to use your precautions, but... Sure. Yeah, Salt Lake's generally, there's just a lot to do in Salt Lake. I mean, growing up in Idle Falls, this is where we'd always come for the for the city fun. You know, it's funny. So my sister lived in Montpelier for years. And whenever I'd go up to visit her, we'd be like, you know, we'd hang out for a while. And then she'd come downstairs and go, shave your legs, Chrissy. We're going to Logan. Like, it was like this. <laughs> we're going across the border. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the outlets down at Kimball Junction, those are, it, it's different than a mall, but it's fun to hang out there down by, down over, wherever that is. Kimball Junction. Kimball Junction, yeah. is that what it's called? <laughs> what about, uh, do you have like one or two favorite local eating spots? I really like uh, just generally any sushi places. We we do sushi, we eat sushi quite a bit. So yeah, I'm trying to think, I, I can't remember the name of it. There's one in, just in downtown Salt Lake that's pretty darn good. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, tsunami. Yeah, I can't. It doesn't matter. They're all good. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a couple of good Brazilian bar, uh, Brazilian uh, 
buffet places here. Mm -hmm. The the one that I found, the Ethiopian restaurant here, is really good. I think it. I think it's literally just called Ethiopian restaurant. <laughs> I don't think it has a special name to it. Um, Handles is always good. I enjoy going to Handles. Handles is good. Oh yeah. If you guys could change one or two things about the area, what would you change? Well, I'd say Salt Lake really loves its road construction. <laughs> and as a delivery driver, it's especially especially obvious to me, especially when we're delivering at night, because I don't know how often the exit from uh, I-215 South onto I-15 has been closed, but, you know, I mean, the roads are generally in great condition here, as good as Boise, a lot better than Spokane. It's just... Salt Lake uh, has a lot of road construction, and it seems like the projects take quite a while. So I'm not, I'm not sure about, I'm not, a, I'm not a road construction, or a, I don't work on road construction, so I don't know. But probably if they could do that a little quicker. I wish they had a more direct route into Park City. I think it would take half the amount of time to get there. Yeah. Or if they build a big tunnel to Tuella. Or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think from a milk. I mean, I'm delivering out there 40 hours a week. So. I am so excited that we brought you guys on the podcast. I'm so glad I reached out to you too. I know. This uh, has to been find really out cool. more about Wasatch Milk. I mean, was there anything before we wrap this up? Was there anything that you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't get the opportunity to bring up during this little time? I mean, I know it's, I know there's so much more we could talk about, but it's to just skim the surface today. But I just wonder if there's anything else you wanted to make sure we talked about. Uh, no, but we, we would have an offer for any of your listeners. If they do sign up, they can put the name of your podcast in and um, we'll give them 20% off their orders for their first two deliveries, kind of to try it out. You know, we find the best way to see if our service works for you is to try it out. Uh, if you don't enjoy your products, you're not absolutely satisfied with them. We give you 100% satisfaction guarantee. So you don't pay for anything you don't think uh, is a good value. So Very yeah, 20% cool. off for two, first two weeks. Any spaces in the name or just all one word? I am Salt Lake then. or Just uh, it, it'll say, uh, who are you referred by? And you put I am Salt Lake. I got you. There I didn't know go. if it was like a promo code or. Yeah, we'll automatically apply the discount when they sign up. Oh, very cool. And that's yeah. uh, the website is just wasatchmilk.com. Uh, yep. We'll yep. put that at IamSaltLake.com too with this web episode show notes too, if you didn't get that down. Now, are you guys on Facebook and Instagram and all that too or? Yeah, so we're um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram um, at Wasatch Milk. We also have a Yelp page, a Google page. Yep. Five stars on all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're really big on customer service. Like I say, anytime anybody ever has an, any kind of issue with our products or our service, I mean we're not perfect. We do make mistakes. We got new driver. We had a new driver starting. We're constantly growing. We're growing at a rapid clip, so mistakes do happen. But we are always happy to either reimburse any customers for any mistakes we make or we're not above driving 30 minutes south to deliver a half gallon of milk that wasn't delivered and then driving back so i'd say about five percent of our customers too have either my or his personal cell phone number and call us every once in a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> where's That's my awesome. milk at? hopefully you guys get big enough that not everybody will have your phone number that's the goal right but for now <laughs> i would say hopefully we get perfect enough that people have our phone number but don't need to contact us for any kind of any kind of incidents i mean i'm always happy to talk to customers yeah though. yeah i, I like that, that. Yep. we can always improve we can always get better and we're always improving and always getting better the best we can so that's that's what we can offer and if we awesome. do make a mistake or an error 100 satisfaction we will get it corrected and uh Very we cool. always respond to customers promptly we answer emails we're checking emails every five minutes every day 
we're usually not, we're sometimes in the office, but usually not to answer phone calls. But if we get a voicemail, we try to respond within about 10, 15 minutes. Very cool. Chrissy asks a final question uh, before we leave you guys. I'm going to let her ask a final question here. It's been so awesome having both of you on the show. Thank you so much. I can't urge our listeners enough to go check out all the products you guys offer. I mean, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised. I know I was when I looked on the site. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous that I haven't been using these guys for months now. That was my first thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to use this now. Yeah. Now that I know it exists, I can't live without it. So (laughs) No, we absolutely... We absolutely appreciate the opportunity. So we, we're grateful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're thanks welcome. for coming on. So before we let you go, can you leave our listeners with a motto or piece of life advice? No pressure. Am I qualified to give life advice? Support your local cows and businesses. Yeah. Um, you like know, local that. businesses are hurt right now. Um, there's anytime you can support a local business, it helps a local family, helps their local employees. So if if uh, if a local company provides it has a great product, just if it's if it works for you, try to try to buy it. Thanks again to Anthony and Samantha Stolworthy for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website, which is at IamSaltLake.com slash 449 for episode 449. And it is weekly recommendation time. Oh, it sure is. I'm actually excited for your weekly recommendation this week, Chrissy. I saw it here pop up on my computer uh, where, where for your recommendation. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. That's, uh, you're what, like, what she won't shut up about it. <laughs> um, but if you're new here or if you haven't listened this far in the podcast in the past, Every week, Chrissy and I, we give a recommendation, something that we enjoy or something that we've been enjoying this past week or so on and so forth. And go ahead with your recommendation, Chrissy. Oh, my gosh. My recommendation is Rocky Horror Picture Show. What a great movie. Oh, I love it or so film. much. It's <laughs> whatever, whatever artistic name you want to call it. But um, I get a little bit like crazy and obsessed with musicals and I'll, I'll get stuck on one for a while. And right now I'm going through my second or third Rocky Horror Picture Show phase. And you guys have been amazing. My whole family has been so (laughs) patient because it is literally the only thing I'm listening to right now. And I'm constantly singing it all over the house. Hey, but it's one I can get behind. It's one that I'll support it, it, man. It's not wicked. That one's a little bit more annoying. I mean, for other people, but yeah. In my recommendation, my weekly recommendation, I don't know if I've mentioned this one before or recommended it. I probably have, but I'm going to recommend it again because it's that good of a television show, that 70s show. So one thing Chrissy and I, we decided because we got to the point where we were having a hard time finding new things on Netflix or Prime or Hulu yeah, everything to watch, just, right? Well, there's just so much stuff that none of it's good. <laughs> Such, you know, problems that we deal with in, in, in living in this day and age, right? Nothing Life to find online. You know, we have all these movies and films <laughs> on our fingertips. Anyway, we decided to start at the beginning of uh, that 70s show, right? At episode one. Season one of that 70s show, and we're working all the way through. I think there's eight seasons. Probably. Uh, we're going to work through those. And I think we're in like the end of season three now. So we're watching yes. them sequentially. But And I regret nothing. Yeah. I you, will watch it over and over forever. If you haven't watched that 70s show, please watch it. I mean, it's been a while since it's been on TV, so I'm surprised you haven't watched it. But if you if it's been a while, go revisit them. It's go so funny. Yeah. It's so clever. Hey, did you ever watch that 80s show? No. I never did either, no, but I kind no, of am curious. No. Maybe it sucks. Who knows? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Call the voicemail and let us know if you've listened to that 80s show. Yeah, hey, our, <laughs> our voicemail number is 
text or call us whenever. You know? We want to hear your beautiful voices. Yeah. We mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast that we're trying to get this voicemail going yeah. again. And we'd love to hear from you. It doesn't so. have to be about local. Just share us you. Share yeah. you with us. Yeah. Yeah. But before we leave you guys today, we want to mention our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and dig through the entire back catalog of episodes and listen to some that maybe you've missed. Also, we're always looking for good suggestions and ideas for the podcast. So please send those to hello at IamSaltLake.com or you can call our voicemail and let us know. All right, guys, have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. It's going to be beautiful this week. Support local, especially right now. Those local businesses could really use our help. And we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy. Grammy.